Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. This is your host, Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for joining us today. On today's show, we have on Barry Rose. Barry is the head coach at Rockwall High School and has been coaching in high school for 25 years, with 19 being the head coach. Rose has led his teams to the playoffs for 12 consecutive years, including two state final fours in 2010 and 2017, five regional finals, seven regional semifinals, and eight regional quarterfinals. Before coming to Rockwall, he was the head coach at Frisco Wakeland from 2009 to 2018, where he posted a 248-93 and record in nine years. Barry is also a native of Coppell, Texas, where he played for four years under Dave Curtis from 1989 to 1992. And following his high school career, he played baseball at Lon Morris Junior College in Jacksonville, Texas. After playing there, he graduated from the University of North Texas in Denton and has been a high school coach ever since. On the show today, we talk about his vision for Rockwall. We go into coaching today's kids, changing behavior, and consistent messaging throughout the program. You're going to love this episode with Barry Rose. I know that we go back a little bit back in the, the Frisco days when you're at Wakeland and I was at Reedy and had some battles, couldn't figure out a way to beat you. I don't, I don't think we ever did. So I'm going to get you to, to open up, you know, how to run a successful program and excited to, to get to hear from you. But uh, since then, since, you know, we played against each other, coached against each other, you have moved on and now you're at walk, walk, rock wall. And so I'm, I'm excited to get to see, you know, one of the things that I think is a, is an interesting transition is when you have success, like you did at Wakeland, and then you go to a different program, you know, what did you keep? What were some different things that you changed? And then we can talk a little bit about in between, but I love to hear how people that have success, they go to a different program and they continue that success, which you guys have. What were some things that stayed the same? And then what were some things that you changed? Yeah. Again, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, not, I spent nine years at Wakeland and, uh, you know, kind of felt like it was, it was time for, you know, for a change and had an opportunity to come open in Rockwall and get to get to move. And, um, I've been in Rockwall now for four years at Rockwall high. And, um, I guess, you know, one of the, one of the attractions of, of moving, you know, to a, to a different school, kind of a bigger school, uh, um, you know, Rockwall's a, a two school town with, with us and Rockwall Heath and, um, just a, a little bit more, um, of, a you know, of an emphasis on, on our athletic programs and able to raise a little bit more money. So able to, you know, <clears throat> tinker and, uh, do some, do some more things than, than I could do it in, uh, in Frisco. So, um, I guess, you know, the, the vision, I guess what it, what it looked like when I started, um, you know, when I walked in the, in the door at Rockwall, uh, already a good program, perennial playoff team. And, you know, first thing, first thing is any, any time anybody describes one of my teams, I, I want them to say that how hard they play. And, um, you know, I want our team to look like a team of dirt bags and, and be gritty. And, uh, you know, uh, two, two things that I would, that I would say, you know, if you could describe our program, you would, you would say relentless and, and selfless and, you know, hard to, hard to get kids to, uh, you know, to buy into the, you know, the selfless aspect and, and to put their teammates in front. And I think that's a daily battle, a constant battle, but, you know, I think we've, I think we've done a good job of it now going into year four. No, Barry, I love, I love hearing that. And again, you know, the, the, the kids at Wakeland that you had were that they embodied that. And I, again, I think that's why you had so much success, but tell us a little bit about how you teach that. Cause relentless is like not a cool thing. And selflessness is definitely not a cool thing, but those, if, if you, if we had to bottle it up and, uh, you know, talk about the best teams that we've ever been a part of, those are probably two things that would come up consistently. Uh, you never take pitches off, like you're relentless in your pursuit of, of excellence or continuing to get better or grinding down a pitcher and you're selfless in the way of, Hey, it, it, it may be about me, like my relentlessness, but it's also about everybody else. And that's kind of the paradox that we live in. It's never about me. It's, it's always about the team, but I need to be at my best for us to be at our best. But I would love to hear, you know, how do you, how do you teach that? And especially in an age that it's uncool to be those things, but I, but tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. First off, I, I kind of stole that from uh, Gary Gilmore uh, after, from uh, coastal Carolina after they won the national sure. championship, he talked about Absolutely. it. At ABCA and I was like, yeah, that that's it, man. That's what you want your team to be. 
um, selfless. That's, I mean, it, it is hard to get a high school kid um, or anybody to, you know, to put them team, their teammates in front of themselves. So it's a, it's a daily battle um, with our guys. And we, we talk about it in the fall, you know, in the weight room. Um, we, we talk about it in the fall at practice. We, we have meetings before practice uh, almost daily in the spring and just, you know, giving examples of it, um, you know, starts, it all starts with the little things, you know, guy, guy gets a, uh, gets a bunt down, you know, your, your dugout should be, should be coming out to, to give him high five or, or, you know, fist bump or whatever, you know, barrel a baseball or, uh, move a runner, get a, get a runner home, whatever, you know, I, I tell our guys, you got to get off the rail and you got to get out of the dugout and, it, and it's gotta be it. every time. Um, and, and, you know, regardless if, if, you know, you're, you're not playing at that time. Um, so it's, it's just a, it's just a constant, you know, constant message that we, that we try and get across to him. We put it on, put it on wristbands. We put it on, uh, you know, just, just, um, you know, little sayings across the locker room and mm-hmm. stuff. So it's everywhere. Sure. And then the relentless part, um, to me that that's, again, that starts in the fall, starts in the weight room. Um, and, and, and then it carries over like right now, it really carries over to practice. So when we're, uh, you know, when we're taking BP, um, our BP is just just as much a, a defensive work and as it is, uh, you know, as it is offensive for us. And sure. And and you should you should see kids routinely laying out for balls during BP. Um, <laughs> you know, full out effort. It, it, you know, what I tell them is, look, that the the lack of effort will stick out way more in a practice uh, for us than the you know than the guy diving for a ball. So it's, it's easy to, it's easy to spot when we've got a kid that doesn't go full out. Sure. Um, I had a team last year that we ended up playing the regional finals, you know, one game away from state final four. And I used the example of a, we had a, we had a kid, a right fielder that's currently playing at uh, Tyler junior college that playing in Saturday non-district game. And he's going after a, a ball down the right field line at Southlake. And he goes head first into the wall, you know, and hmm. lost two teeth, you know, not that I ever want anybody to get to get hurt, but he wouldn't he wouldn't have been like that if he didn't go out full out every day in, in practice. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a um, you know it starts in practice, and and you have to praise your kids. You know, when they when sure. they dive for a ball, you got to stop, turn around, and give them a you know give them a daddy baby or you know holler out their name or whatever, and uh, just the little things like that. Don't don't let any that stuff go unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, and one of the things when you when you take over a new program and you, you know, you go from an established program, you've been there for, I don't know, however long you were at Wakeland and you get to start fresh, you get to start new. Uh, but you're also these kids that you had had in your first year, they had spent the previous, I'm going to assume three years talking about your seniors uh, uh, under somebody else. And so you had to, you know, come in, gain their trust, there are going to be things different, no matter even if you're the assistant to the guy that left, there's going to be some things different, even if it's just personality wise. So was there anything that really stood out that, you know, that, that you had to had to change or you wanted to do things a little bit differently? And how did you merge that with, hey, these are the kids senior year and I, we, we can't have a buffer year of them trying to learn my system, but I was still able to gain their trust, integrate them into to the things that we do here, uh, but also have some success. Cause you're one, you had success as well. So tell us yeah. a little bit about what that was like. Yeah. That first, that first year is tough, man. It's um, cause like you said, you've got guys that have, that have been in a successful program for three years and you're, you're coming in, you know, trying to do things the way you want to do it. Not, not that anybody has a right way or a wrong way. Um, just, you know, a little bit different. Um, sure. So, te- you know, first off teaching them how to practice, you know, teaching them how to, you know, the first, I remember the first time we took BP, uh, I've got guys like Olay and ground balls and, you know, ball, ball, ball goes two feet to the left of our shortstop and he just kind of looks at it and I'm like, man, what, what is going on here? Sure. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, trying to teach him how to practice is, is the first thing, um, you know, and, and, and really telling them, explaining them every day, the, the, why, you know, why are you doing it? Um, why am I, you know, why are we doing this in practice and, and, and showing them what, you know, the goal of what you're trying to get to, 
is, is really important when you're, when you're trying to reach a group of kids that, that, you know, have been around another coach for three years. Mm -hmm. So, so that to me, you know, um, just, just trying to make them understand, Hey man, this is, this is all done for a reason. And, and, and the goal is trying to get the round rock to win a state championship and the goal and, you know, and that, that's an, that's an end goal for our team. But the other goal is, you know, for, for the other guys is, you know, trying to get them in the best possible situation to, you know, to go play college baseball too. No, I love hearing that. And, you know, that's one of the things that, again, it's, it's, it's really interesting to, to see that transition and it's hard when you're going through it and then you get a couple of years under your belt and, and now you're rolling. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about, uh, just how, how you, how do you build that on a daily basis? So you're, you know, well, actually let me rewind. Cause I've, I've got a, a better question than that. You're kind of in that transition from, uh, you've got a lot of old school, but you're talking about, you know, how to get these kids on board because, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about kids these days being a bad connotation because, you know, we're their coach and it is what it is. We, we have to adjust to, uh, the many, uh, even though we have our, you know, our high standards, at, but, there are different ways to be able to reach, you know, kids today. So, uh, was there ever a time that, cause I know you're a fiery guy. Was there ever a time that you coached a little bit different than you do now? And if you did, what, what, you know, what do you, how do you coach different now, uh, for the better and tell us a little bit about what that transition was like. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I look back to, you know, how it was eight to 10 years ago and I'm, I'm pretty much the same coach. Uh, but, you know, as far as giving a, you know, giving a kid a little bit of space sometimes, I think as they get older, I kind of realize that, you know, they, they, they need a little bit of space to, uh, to calm down, you know, after, a, after making an out or, or making a mistake. And, and, uh, you know, and I think I've, I think I've always kind of done that, but also realizing that, um, some kids, man, you just can't, you, you just can't get in their face. Um, they're going to shut down on you. Uh, other kids, you, other kids, they need, you know, they need you to get in their face, um, sure, absolutely. To get on them. So, um, I, I guess what, what I would say, I, I have metal, I have definitely mellowed out a little bit over the years, but I, I still, <laughs> I, I still get, uh, you know, that I still get pretty, pretty intense, uh, in the game. No, so good. yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen the, the, the Twitter posts. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> especially, you know, rivalry games. That's good. Uh, but no, I, I love that. And, and you talk about, you know, your standards and you, I, I love the different situations that coaches bring up because we have, we can go over standards, we can go over rules and it's just, it's, it's more interesting when you can apply that to a situation that you had. So when you came in and was there ever maybe the most critical situation where you had to deal with something that wasn't right, that you had to redirect, or you, maybe you could give a few examples of, Hey, this was, this was what good, bad, or indifferent, the previous staff did, but this is how I wanted to do it different. And I had some pushback and how I dealt with that. Is there anything that comes to mind on, you know, those things and, and how you deal uh, with changing that type of behavior, just the behavior that uh, either was unwarranted or the previous staff thought it was okay, or just that you wanted to change diff, uh, for the better of your program, just anything that comes to mind like that, I'd love to hear. Yeah, I think I think if you're not careful, you can look up and and uh, a high school dugout can get real negative real quick. And, and, oh man, and yep. it can be everything can be directed at the other team, you know, and and everything's negative towards the other team, and and and, and when you're doing that, you're you're putting you're putting your first off, you're being negative. The se second off, you're putting your focus on the other team. So that that's that's been something that I've tried to change. Um, especially lately, um, mm -hmm. we, we kind of slipped back in that mode, uh, you know, this season and we, we start our district off with rivalry week with, with Heath and it, and it gets, you know, all these kids have played with each other growing up and, and it gets pretty intense. And so then, so then you come out of that and, and, you know, if you're not careful, you, you look in your dugout and, and they're, they're just totally focused on the other team. So, you know, really trying to redirect and make sure that, um, Every every time we do something positive, that our kids are talking to our players and, and making a comment to our players about what they did, and you know not, nothing directed towards the other team. So that that's been an emphasis lately. But um, I, I'll give an example. The first year we we uh, sure. we we ended up um, winning twenty nine games that year. We went to the fourth round, but 
um, after the first first round, we 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 beat a uh, we beat Copper's Cove two out of three, and um, had to deal with had to deal with a kid that had been on social media, um, you know, saying some saying some bad stuff about the other team. So I ended up having to suspend that kid for the rest of the playoffs. And he had been he'd been an infielder in DH for us, um, you know, for the been. Pretty much been a regular in the lineup, and that that was tough to do because a lot he, a lot of the kids liked him, and he was he mm-hmm. was kind of a leader, and you know that was a tough kid to do. But I really felt like you know it's something that at that time culture wise, you know it was something that we had to do. Um, turned out pretty good, man. He he learned he kind of learned from it, and uh, he was a good player. Um, you know the next year, and and again was a leader for us, and he's playing college baseball now. So we we can we can go back and talk about it now. You know he he understood right. that it, it wasn't a good thing. So no doubt, no that's and that's a tough situation for you to be in because you're trying to toe the line of hey this is you know this isn't okay, but it you know in the back of I think every coach's mind right now they're going man like if that costs you the win I'm going to be second right. guessing myself potentially right. for for forever. And that's, that's, I, I can definitely applaud you and any of the other coaches who have made those tough decisions and went the way with character rather than the way of giving you your best opportunity to win. And, you know, did you feel like that, that was, that was the next man up? Like they, they were able to step up and, and play in absence of that. And they, or, or was it one of those, it's just like, and we had to do what we had to do. Well, I think it, I think initially it was it was we we've got to do what we've got to do. But then the the very next round we were able to uh, we, we played a three game series with Jesuit and we were able to walk them off in game three. And I think oh that's great. I think instantly the the you know you, you, sometimes for sometimes for culture to kick in you've got to have that big win that big moment. And uh, you know I think that was that was it. And uh, you know we ended up winning the next series three in three games against Prosper and. You know, so that so sometimes culture you can't you can't just talk about it. You uh, mm-hmm. you've, you've got they've got to see it. You know, they've got to see it in action. So that you get some big sure. wins and that helps. Right, and I, you know, looking from the outside in, if you talk about it all year and then you don't do that in that situation, how much does it actually mean? And I, no, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that that's amazing, uh, and a, a, a fantastic example. Uh, another thing that, that you mentioned, and I alluded to this a little bit earlier, and then I backtracked my question, but you talked about the daily messaging and the daily consistency. You mentioned, you know, pre-practice meetings that you guys are going over different things, uh, the messaging in the locker room, the wristbands. I mean, how, how big of an impact has that made? And, you know, if there's any coaches that are out there that are thinking, okay, like, how do I those are some pretty good examples. And if there's anything other ones that your players have liked or you've liked as well, I think those are great examples, but talk to us about, you know, how much of that has meant to uh, building the culture, the standards and the the setting the tone that you want to every single day. You know, I think they, they hear from me a lot and they hear the words out of my mouth and that, and, and that, that can have an impact too. But, you know, when you can, when you can show them, um, you know, other clips, other coaches, other players, when you can, when you can show them, you know, Nick Saban talking, you know, talking about, uh, you know, uh, being average, you know, versus, versus excelling in something and what it takes. And when you can, uh, when, when you can show them examples in Navy SEALs and, and, and things that, you know, again, I think it's just a, a constant daily, uh, you know, a daily push towards getting them to where you want them to be. Um, sure. one of the things I do too, I, I really, I, you know, I, I've done it for a long time is when we come back in January. Um, and again, I got this at the ABCA, I guess it was probably 17, 18 years ago. Bruce Brown um, talked and, and Bruce has got 10, uh, you know, 10 like core principles. And I got this, just this little bitty pamphlet, man. And I, I go over, um, you know, integrity and um, honesty and, and, uh, I don't know. There's, there's 10 different things that I'd kind of take one and I go over each day. Um, sure. Also when we start, <clears throat> when we, when we start getting on the bus, you know, going to our first scrimmages, if, if we got a 30 minute drive or an hour drive, I'll give them a, I'll give them an article that I've, you know, saved up in the past. Um, oh, cool. you know, like one, of, one of them is, one of them I give out every year is, is from TCU when coach Slosh was there and it was, it was, uh, talking about how they with uh, Matt Carpenter when he was there about, you know, how important it was 
to them to get on and off the field, you know, on the field in nine seconds, off the field in 12 seconds, you know, and, and uh, I think Brian Holiday was the, was the catcher then. And, um, you know, just, just how important it was to them to hustle. You know, I give them, give them a thing on Rusty Greer, you know, and half of them don't even know who Rusty Greer is anymore, which is <laughs> no crazy, doubt. you know, but, but just an example of how, you know, how to play the game hard. And um, I've got, I've got an old one on Cal State Fullerton that, uh, they won the College World Series one year, but it, it was talking about uh, Ken Revisa and when he first started working with them, they were 15 and 16. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the little things that they did, you know, to to just kind of put emphasis on the process. And so for sure, um, just a, again, just a, a nothing, nothing profound, just a kind of a constant, um, you know, daily push to get them where we want them to be. Cool. Oh, that's great. Uh, one of the things that, that came up, just, just a second ago that I was thinking about was, you know, when, when you made this transition, again, we, we talked four or five years ago, but uh, you also have some traditions that may be in place already that the kids like and want to keep. Was there a conversation around those? Were you able to keep any, anything or, you know, when, when you came in, the players liked what you did. I'm sure there was some pushback on, you know, like practicing harder and, and things like that. Yeah. But were there any rock wall traditions uh, either through the school or through the baseball program that the players came to you and they were like, Hey, you know, we, we did this last year. We've done this for however many years and we'd love to be able to do this uh, further. I, th- the, I think another, a big deal in rock wall and you see it everywhere. It's, it's JFND it's jacket fight never dies. And okay. uh, that just falls right. That falls right into the, uh, the relentless deal. And, um, and I've seen it in football. I've, you know, I've seen it in the basketball team. I've seen it in the soccer teams and, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's been around for, I don't know, I mean, forever feels like. And if you talk to any of the old school Rockwell people, it's, it's every time you, every time you get a comeback win or a big win, it's, it's posted, man, it's JFND. Sure. So, oh, you know, I definitely, I definitely embrace that. And, and I, I put that on, you know, on our uniform sleeves and, um, you know, we, we, it's, it's put up everywhere. It's on our backstop and pretty, sure. pretty cool thing to have. Um, you know, practice wise, I, I, um, nothing, nothing really that, that, uh, that, that stuck out, um, that we did. We, we do like a, just a, uh, just a coach pitch scrimmage and we call two ball, you know, they get, they get two pitches to go. And I think everybody mm-hmm. kind of does that, but, um, it, it's something that I hadn't done as much of when I got there, but we, that was, sure. that was something that they'd done a lot in the past. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's one of those that I've never taken over a program. And that was something that, you know, you've been at a high school that has been established for a long time and trying to, you know, we, we talk all the time about the program is going to outlast all of us. It's not about us. It's about the program. And, and that's a really cool way that you're able to merge your know, previous generations and even on social media, which some of the, the older people that said that probably don't even have social media to be able to see that, but yeah. to be able to see that, to transcend, you know, decades. And, uh, that's, that's really cool. I think that's an awesome idea. Yep. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it, it's, it's neat when a, when an old, uh, you know, an old, old player comes back to the alumni game or whatever. And, you know, first thing they come up to you and they, they introduce themselves and then as you're walking off, it's AJFND. Oh, that's great. Really cool. And it's a, it's a shared language. It's a bond. And so that's, that, that is really cool with, uh, with the fall program, you guys are able to, unless things have changed since, since I was in Texas, you're able to have them for the hour or the, the class period until, you know, the middle of January. Uh, so you get a little bit of time in the fall to be able to establish the things that you want, but talk to us a little bit about how you use that time. And this is, uh, if I remember right, it's baseball activity during that hour. I think maybe you can lift before I, you can, you can go through that, but how do, how do you win the fall? How do you use it effectively? And, you know, it, I'm sure we could break it down month by month if we wanted to, and you can, but just it, when you get to January, you have to accom- have co- accomplished X, Y, and Z to be able to feel really comfortable going into the season. Yeah. So, so we get, we get an hour uh, with them during the, during the school day. And uh, something they changed a couple of years ago during COVID is now we get we get a full hour with them uh, either before or after school uh, to use for strength conditioning 
where where we can run it. Um, before that, we had we had used like an outside source, like performance course or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, it, it's been really good. We, we've done it the last two years, and so we're we're on the field Monday through Friday. Um, Monday Monday is typically uh, an offensive day. Uh, Tuesday is typically a defensive day. Wednesday is typically offensive. Um, Thursday is kind of a kind of a mix and then Friday's either a competition day or a uh like a kind of a, a coach pitch scrimmage day or whatever in the sure. fall but but then after so then Monday through Thursday um we we take them over uh to our indoor and we've got a pretty nice indoor and we we uh we we lift them and and condition them and um it's it's been great and and you know the the turnout is great because it's it's myself and our varsity assistant coach Carlson running it Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're all there. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm proud of the, I'm proud of the, the effort and, the you know, the, um, the, the intensity that they put into the workouts because, because it's not something that we have to do. Mm-hmm. A lot of schools still, still will, um, you know, they'll lift Monday, Thursday during the athletic period and, and be on the field Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, for us, I, I, I sell this to our kids, man, if you put the commitment in, you know, of coming Monday through Thursday, you know, after school to lift, then, you know, you're going to look up at the end of the fall and, and it's the accumulation of all the workouts, you know, it, they, they start adding up and, and they put their body in a, in a position to succeed in the spring, you know, and, and sure. put, put themselves where they want to be. Um, and then we, we've got a fall league that we're, we're able to, to, to do in the fall. We don't, we're not able to coach it, but, uh, you know, it's our kids plan and, so they'll, they'll typically play, um, one day a week, uh, pitchers will, pitchers will throw one or two innings max. Uh, and that goes on for about, for about six weeks. But, um, you know, by the end of the fall, um, we, we're, we're trying to have, have, you know, um, uh, looked at everybody's swing and, and make sure that we've, we've, we've worked on their swing and try and put them in a, in a place where, where, they can be successful in the spring. Um, we've, we added rap Soto a couple years ago for the hitting aspect. Um, this year we, we added the pitching rap Soto. So, you know, able to get our guys on that and, and, uh, take a look at them. And that, that's something that as we, you know, as we move forward, you know, in the next couple of years that I'm, I'm going to, that's one of my goals is trying to delve a little bit deeper into, into the, um, uh, development part of, of being able to use that in the fall too. So, mm-hmm. For sure, nuts. No, that's great. And the four days that you guys are after school, is it all weights, or you're, you know, you're splitting that with speed, or how does that? It might depend on the time of year as well. But I'd yeah, love to hear kind of, a, kind of a segment. So early, okay. early on, uh, when we start school, the first three weeks, it's it's probably it's probably more of like a thirty and thirty mix where we're where we're conditioning and, and speed okay. uh, stuff for for thirty minutes. Um, and then as we get into, as we get into, uh, kind of mid, mid September, um, we, we start backing off the conditioning part a little bit, um, probably more of a, uh, 15 minutes to 45 minutes, you know, 45 minutes on the strength. And then as we get later in the fall, I'd say as we get into, um, November and December, it's, it's really more of, uh, almost, almost all strength part of it. Um, when we, when we come back in January, then we, it's, it it goes the opposite way, you know, more, more of like, uh, conditioning, the conditioning part and stretching part, um, just trying to get them ready for the season, but really proud of our guys. I I felt like this was the best, um, the best fall we've ever had. And, um, and I'm, I'm constantly trying to, trying to, you know, tinker with, with workouts and, and, uh, and, and very, vary them up and, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, make sure that, make sure that we're, we're getting as much as we can. And the, the old school, um, you know, there, there's good things about the old school of, of, you know, bench, clean squat, you know, deadlift. And, and, and we've, we've definitely got, got some, uh, you know, some workouts like that, but, um, you know, we've, we've kind of progressed a little bit more to, uh, you know, to, to, they're, they're having four or five, um, workout four or five exercises at a time. Um, and I, and I give them some freedom to, uh, you know, to write, they, they write the workout down in a, in a booklet. Um, 
and then and then I pretty much cut them loose and, and go while we walk around and and and, and coach is that's kind of what we try to get to by the by the sure. I guess end of September. No, I really like that, and you know that's a whole other taking, conversation. Yeah, yeah, and they're taking you know ownership of that by writing all of that stuff down. Which yeah. I mean, I I really like once I started journaling and writing down notes and really taking ownership of whatever craft that I was doing. Then it was like, okay, now now I've got complete buy in on this because now I've you know I've immersed myself in it and given myself that opportunity to grow within that. That's really good. Yeah, and I had a couple I had a couple players that I thought it was pretty cool this year that um, you know they they said. They said they go, you know, they go lift extra and they go to the gym. And I said, I kind of ask them what I, what I do, and they're like, or what they do. And they said, they said, you know, they go through the, they go through all the workouts that we've done, and they pick like their favorite oh, cool. stuff, and it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. So then you get to you know, middle of January, and then it's like you've got what, like thirty days uh, on a field before you start tournament season, and you know once this is the best way that I can remember it is you've got like 30 days and then you've got tournament season, which is all weekend. You've got like five or six games. It seems like it goes crazy fast. And then the entire rest of the season is stretched out between two or three games a week, which is so weird, but I really did like that setup because you kind of get to see a little bit of everything up front, but then, you know, it's not like most school or most States where you're playing like we are right now, uh, potentially four to five games a week, you guys have three. So you'll have a lot of practices and a lot of time to be able to continue to develop, uh, to be on a field, no weight room. You can schedule that out every week. Uh, and so that, I really like that aspect of it, of where you're playing, you know, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, I, I think is what it used to be. But let's go back. Uh, let's rewind. Cause I'm getting a little long here with this question, but uh, you got 30 days ish to get guys ready for tournament season uh, and install most of the things that you want to, or at least get to see it for an extended period of time. You know, what's important in that preseason that you really need to hammer because you don't feel like you'll have a ton of ton of time during the season to be able to do that. Yeah. I, I, well, we've kind of got it all in from the fall, hopefully, um, you know, like our, oh, yeah, our sure, sure. coverages and, and, and first and thirds and our, our situational stuff. Um, you know, of course you get, you get some of your football guys out there that haven't been out there, Mm-hmm. that you want to that you want to work them into it and uh and then again some of your basketball guys after that but <clears throat> hopefully everything's you know hopefully everything's kind of been installed in the fall so really really just getting their arms um where they need to be by the time we start and uh and then getting their getting their bodies in, in where they need to be you know because you know, lifting and, and, and throwing for, you know, going out on the field and throwing for an hour, taking ground balls for an hour. That's, that's one thing, you know, practicing now for, you know, two and a half hours and, and, you know, trying to regulate your arm and where and trying to get it where it needs to be is those are, those are totally different. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully by the end of that 30 days, um, we've got their arm in good shape. Uh, we've, we've got their legs in good shape and we're, we've, we've done plenty of our, uh, situational stuff. And, and we've also hammered out a lot of our, uh, you know, our individual, individual defensive drills. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got our offensive system in place where, where we, we've, uh, cause we do a lot of, we do a lot of, of, uh, small ball stuff, a lot of, lots sure. of, lots of slash, lots of, uh, um, lots of, uh, lots of, fake steals and drag bunts and stuff like that. So as, as a lot of people do, but you, you want your kids to feel comfortable doing it by the time you, you start up. Oh, for sure. And you know, that's one of the things that I loved watching your teams play because there was always, you always had, I don't know, let's say maybe you feel like this or not, but you always had a, an answer or a different way to get guys into scoring position. And so, you know, we've got you, Utilize, like you said, use a lot of slash, uh, fake bunt steal a lot. You know, really good at dirt ball reads, di- different things like that. And you know, you consider consider that all small ball stuff. But you know, it's, it's something that whenever you're facing a guy like a dude on the mound, there are some different strategies to be able to get a guy to second base. And with the district that you're in, and the and the region, and and just the state of Texas, you're going to run into those guys in a three game uh, in a three game set a lot. So just tell us a little bit about you know the 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 methodology behind it i guess i mean is that kind of it is you just don't want to be so one-dimensional that 
if you're not putting it out of the yard, then you know, it's really hard to score runs. But you guys are able to do that in a multitude of ways. Yeah, you know, every every team it gets different. Uh, you know, I, I would, and I really feel like every every year when we start off the, the through the scrimmages and maybe the first few tournament games, you really you're really trying to figure out. You know, hey, can we can we have a runner on second base with no outs? Can I trust this guy to swing it or not? Mm-hmm. You know, um, can I have a runner at third with with one out and trust that you know trust that this guy's going to get the run in, or or you know, do we need to get to the point where we're where we're safety squeezing or slashing or you know push bun or drag bun or, or whatever? So that's that's what I really like about you know loading up the tournament games early. Um, you know, if, if we can get three weeks in a row of, of six tournament games on each weekend, you know, I feel like by the time we get to district that, that I know my, my team and I know what each, each kid can do. But again, a lot of that stuff too, the work in it goes back to, goes back to practice and, and varying okay. up what you're, what you're doing. Um, this was some of the stuff I talked about in the, at the, the, uh, Texas high school, um, convention was, um, you know, we, we do, we do a lot of different, different things in practice. We have a bunt scrimmage that, um, you know, that I'd be happy to share with anybody. I, I stole it from coach Sloss at TCU anyways, but, um, okay. you know, putting a, putting the base down at 80 feet and, you know, f- you know, speeding your defense up, but it's also an offensive, offensive drill as well. Sure. Um, you know, hack attack scrimmage. I talked about that too. And in, in that where we have two guys at each position, basically two teams of 16 guys, and you can create um, any any situation you want. You know, you could say runner on on first and third. Uh, you know, you're going to go slash. And so each you're going to have 16 straight hitters that come up, um, and they're they're going to they're going to try and execute a slash. And um, so that so that it's really quick. The the defense is 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 moving. You know, constantly moving, and and they they get to where they can. You know they're backing up bases and, 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 and moving and being where they want to be and they're practicing at game speed. Um, <clears throat> so that, that's, that's another one of my, one of my favorite things that, sure. that we can do in practice as well. So all that, all that helps, you know, to, to get, to get your team where you want to be. And if, and if we're not, if we're not doing it well, then, you know, we'll, we'll go back to doing a little bit more of that in practice. Well, for sure. And, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to link the presentation that you gave, uh, cause we're about to go into some program design and you had some different videos and some different stuff and you like the, the entire hour was dedicated to how you guys are practicing. And I, I have some, we, we can talk a little bit about that stuff. Uh, and I want to ask some specific questions around that, but if, if the listeners want to, you know, go into that, I, I really highly recommend it. And one of the things that I really liked that you did was you took, the things that we, you know, the different game situations that we have, and you made it a competition. So the first one that, that, you know, if, if I've all, I've suggested, and and if I'm ever running a program, like this is one of the first things that I'm going to do after teaching it is your first and third competition teams. And the way that I remember it is you break up two fairly even groups, you go first and third, you know, offense versus defense, and you keep a, a point system. And I was like, that is just like, that's the most ingenious thing I've ever heard because half of the time you're trying to get runners to run harder. And so then the defense isn't getting great looks, but with this design, it's like, okay, let's let them try and fail and figure it out while teaching the game and then giving different key points. But it's a lot more game-like, but tell us a little bit about that because I I love that idea. It's very simple. And I I don't even, I I don't think I stole it from anybody. I think we were just kind of sitting around in practice one day and, uh, you know, started going, okay, you know, if you do this, you're going to get a point. So if you do this, you get a point. And then, um, basically you can, you can pair up two teams or you can have your outfielders running, uh, and your, your pitchers and infielders are on defense, or you can have your varsity versus JV. You can do it however you want. Um, but you know, what I got tired of was every time, just what you said, okay. Trying to get the guy, trying to get the runners to run Mm -hmm. hard, trying to get them not to do stupid stuff, trying to, Mm -hmm. You know, trying um, not to yell at your middle infielders, trying not to yell at your catchers, and I get so so angry, you know, towards the end of first and third if you don't have the last couple reps right. So you end up doing it for thirty minutes, for an hour, when you, really to, <laughs> yeah. when you really need to do it for like eight minutes, you know. Um, so what what we'll do is we'll 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 jump into it, and um, 
and, and we'll kind of, we'll get some reps. Like I'll tell the runners that sure. with, without keeping score or anything, I'll tell them, okay, y'all got straight steel and we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll go six or seven or eight times with just working the straight steel. And then I'll tell them, okay, now you got early or delay or whatever. So we'll work that. That's, that's really only about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then I, when I feel like we're ready, I'll say, okay, first one to five. And, and, and all it is, is, um, there's no hitter obviously and it's runners on first and third mm-hmm. um so it's offenses versus offense versus defense so the offense gets a point if they steal second and they're safe and the runner stays at third okay so that would be a point or if any time a run anytime the runner from third scores so even if the runner from first goes to second and they throw him out tag him out but if the runner from third scores their offense is going to get a point as well okay so and you can only get one point on each rep. The defense is going to get a point if they, if the runner from first, if they get him out, and the runner doesn't score, or if they get, you know, or if, or if they get the runner third out and, uh, and 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 nobody scores, they're going to get a point. All it is is first one to five. So you just you just let them go, and, and you've already worked your straight steal and your delay and all that stuff. And and I don't give I don't give any signs. I, I stand out there. Uh, by our middle infielders and just kind of, just kind of, you know, coach them up and, and, uh, and then keep score and mm-hmm. it gets fun and it gets, there's a lot of trash talking and sure. Um, our other, our assistant coach will stand down by home plate and he'll call safe throughout at the plate. I'll call safe throughout at second and whoever loses, um, they just real simple. They just take off and run to the closest foul pole. It's nothing, sure. you know, it's not like a, it's not like we're taking time to, to time up a, a triangle or, or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Uh, you know, but, but just, just, you know, running, you would think running from second base to the right field foul pole, you know, you would think that's like the end of the world sometimes for them, you know, they just yeah. don't want to lose because they're going to uh-huh. get, you know, they're going to, they're going to get obliterated by the, by the runners or the, or the defensive guys that just beat them. So, um, no, yeah, that's, that's it, man. And it, and it, and it keeps me from, keeps us from, from, uh, you know, from, from losing our cool, uh, cause mm-hmm. we're not doing it right or whatever. And, and it puts, and it puts it all, it, it, it puts the, uh, you know, the, the emphasis on them. They, it's internal, you know, uh, sure. for them cause they're, they, they want to, they don't want to lose. So mm-hmm. no, I really like it. that. And yeah. we, and we usually spend about 10 minutes tops on it. That's cool. it. It's even better. Yeah. Like a, yeah. one of the, one of the things that, again, you mentioned in the video, you talked about, you know, setting the tone for practice with music, which I, I think is awesome. You talked about trying to embed different competitions into all of the things, you know, that you're doing. And I think when you do that, you, you gain focus, you heighten awareness, you bring energy and you don't necessarily have to practice as long. Uh, you're not yelling and screaming as much because they are actually locked in and focusing. And I would love to hear, you mentioned bunt scrimmage, which, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it, that's a really, uh, a fun one to do for bunt defense as well for team defense, but anything else that you'd like to share with us? Uh, you, you mentioned BP, but if you want to, you can go into it. Uh, you talked about hack attack scrimmage and all of these are different ways that you can embed competition within the scope of practicing while not like while teaching the game and helping them to understand game situations and, and how to, how to win awareness and things like that. But uh, you can like let's just go all in on practice practice design. What you guys are doing with competitions because I know you've got a ton of them. Yeah, I think I think just something as simple during BP as um, like we we've got a, a, a rap soto and we we usually set it up. But something as simple as just having that iPad right there with the rap soto set up and and um, we've got one of our BP variations is where we we instead of four groups of four or whatever we'll go eight groups of two. Um, they're on a, they're on the a timer app, the, the seconds timer app, and that's in that presentation too. But so you've got two hitters and, you know, really they, they've got stuff that they're working on, but, um, towards the end of their, um, time, let's, so during the season, we'll have them hit for probably seven and a half or eight minutes and they, they get a bunch of swings in. Uh, but after they've gone through all their, their execution rounds and everything, the last probably, mm-hmm. 
minute and a half is just a is just a line drive competition. So if they hit a line drive, they they stay in there and they stay until they don't hit one, and we we just start keeping count. You know, okay, okay, you're up five to three. All right, now it's five four. Now it's six four. And they're kind of they're, they just keep going until the time runs out. So when the time runs out, I mean, you know, if they win, they're you know they're pretty fired up. If they lose, you know, they're they're you know they're they're mad about it a little bit. And also like the what I was saying about the rap soto setup is, you know, hey, line, kid hits a line drive, he's coming out of the cage. He's like, hey, what was that? Ninety eight. All right. Well, next kid hits a line drive and he's coming out. You know, what was that? Okay, ninety seven. So the other kid's already. You know, he's it's it's a little. So it's competition right there without without us even having to say anything or or, mm-hmm. or do anything right there. So it keeps them um, keeps them locked in. And of course, there's there's plenty of days that we we won't set it up like I you know we won't sure. set it up on game day BP or anything like that. But mm-hmm. um, but it's 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 easy to do. And, and if you don't have a rap soda or anything, it's as easy as just sitting back there with a pocket radar, a radar gun, and you know, having a, uh, a PO or a manager or somebody mm-hmm. just, you know, writing down their, their top exit below the round. Um, I guess, um, it, I guess really any BP wise, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of my, my top thing for, for competition there. And you got, you guys do like a live BP, right. Of where it's almost, is it, is it scrimmage or you're tracking, uh, you're tracking outs and you're like you you talked about it very at the very front of the show of where they're almost playing every ball live on defense so it's almost a defensive and offensive practice yeah so i got that one i think that's the one from uh from clemson the but we we just call it jacket bp where it's let's say first round will be um hit and run and um so the group hitting they've all they've got six hit and runs so um the dead, you know, he's going to have a hit and run. Defense is not playing it. And then you can go dead again. Nobody's playing it. And then the live, uh, you've got like your your second group is is running. So they're they're gonna um, they're running on a hit and run. Hitters hitting on a hit and run. Defense is playing it out. You know, to completion. And then we'll go go another dead ball, another dead ball, and then we'll go live run where the runner's running, and then now the hitter is running as well. Um, so that's that's a really good defensive mm-hmm. um involves defense involves base running you know for the for the base running group involves the you know the execution for the hitter um so we'll we'll do like first round hit and run we'll do second round um sure. i mean you can make it whatever you want but we do it a lot where it's runner on second with no outs you got to get him over get him in uh runner at third with with less than two got to get him in Mm-hmm. Um, so good, good for your base runners and, and, and really good for your defense to, to keep them involved. And we, we do a lot where our JVs on the field okay. with us during BP. Um, so like two of the JV groups will be on the field during BP and then two of them will be up in the cage. So, you know, they're, they're getting that, that game speed action as well. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, you know, i after having doing this, I definitely recommend not any time that your guys uh, need need a break the next day because they will be completely exhausted after this. I mean, they're probably oh, yeah, yeah, hundred reps. Yeah, we're not gonna do. Yeah, we're not gonna. Uh, if if we do it the day before a game, we'll we'll make sure we've got you know a lot of the JV guys out there, and you know the var- the varsity will only be out there probably for one of the four groups, you know, because they'll be in. They'll be hitting for one group. They'll be running for one group. They'll be in the cage for one group, and then they'll be on defense for one. So, so they're not they're not going to get torched, you know, like that. Um, you definitely don't want to do it with with, you know, maybe <laughs> no, sixteen guys. They would be completely exhausted. I love it. Yeah. And if I remember right, so it's been a it's been a, a while since uh, again I watched the the video. But do you guys do a ton of base running? Do you do that at the if I remember right, is it that at the, like one of the very first things that you guys do every practice? Yeah, we do it. We do it right up front, uh, typically. So we'll, so I, I've got it. You got a very, we've got three teams that all practice at the same time. So freshman JV varsity. So we'll take them all and, and do a five minute quick agility session. And then I'll usually take the varsity over and, and do their base running while the freshman and JV throw. Um, and then we'll go about, we'll go 10 minutes of base running and then we'll flip it where the freshman JV will go base run 
and the varsity goes and throws that way you don't have, you know, 70 kids out there throwing at the same time, but um, it, you know, and, and, and we'll just, we'll vary the base running. So it, it'll, it can be reads off of the, off of the pitchers. Um, it can be uh, dirt ball reads. Um, we also do a, we do a base running circuit where I'll have the, uh, I'll have the freshman and JV get loose real quick while we're, while, while the varsity sets up and, um, it's with the, we have a coach throwing from behind the L screen. We've got the rollaway set up. Um, and we go four or five guys at each base and each one has a different thing they're working on. So like the hitters got a hit and run, uh, the runner on first has a straight steal. The runner on second is, is playing it like there's no outs. And then the runner on third's working contact down angle. And, uh, and they're all working like they're independent of each other. Um, so that, that's a, that's a good one to get a lot of, a lot of reads in for, for a lot of guys pretty quick. Oh, really good. And then we get to, you know, this time of year, how much of that, how much of that, because in Texas, it's a long, long season. So you guys will be playing till, you know, hopefully the middle of June. So how much of that stuff now are you working in, you know, with the, with the two to three days a week of practice, you could do that two to three days of the week if you wanted to, but I'm curious how much of that, uh, how much of that, you know, the, the stuff that's really high energy you're doing this time of year or your, the things that you're ramping back on and doing more of, and just cu- take us a little bit or walk us through a little bit about, you know, your methodology this time of year to try and peak at the right time. Yeah. So, so like Mondays, Mondays will, will be a kind of a high intensity day um, where we might, we may do the jacket BP where it's dead, dead live, you know, like that um, and, and do a little bit more on Monday um, playing, play game Tuesday, Wednesday is, is, is an inner squad day. Um, so we'll, we pretty much do it every Wednesday. So we're, we're throwing the, we're throwing the pitchers that um, haven't gotten in game action, you know, on Tuesday night or, or maybe the ones that, that we don't, that we know are that may be a reliever on Friday or whatever. So those guys will throw in the inner squad and we'll have some JV guys that we throw in the inner squad and, um, and they're not they're not throwing a ton because we still we still do it with like a one one count. But uh, yeah, Wednesday's an inner squad day. Um, Thursday is we'll do the we almost always do the base running circuit that I just described uh, on Thursdays. Okay. And then uh, Thursday's not not a not a real high intensity throwing day, especially if we're going to have a, a Friday and Saturday games. Um, so we'll, we'll still do drills and stuff, but I'll, I'll kind of, we'll kind of back off on their arms just a little bit on, on, uh, Thursdays. And then, you know, towards when we get to May, um, you know, hopefully we're in the playoffs and everything. And, um, you know, our series, our playoff series are typically two out of three Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So, um, Monday's kind of a high intense day. Um, Tuesday's an inner squad Wednesday's just a kind of a, kind of a hit and get like a, a light BP mm-hmm. day. Oh, really good. Uh, so uh, go, a couple questions, more questions for you before you, uh, before you go, you know, we talked about getting ready for the postseason. We talked about, uh, you know, building the culture of the program. One thing that I did skip on accidentally, but something that we do have to deal with and, you know, get the opportunity you could say is we, you know, we have 14 to 18 year old kids who have parents and, you know, you're a parent, I am as well. And we always want the best for our kids. And so I would love to hear, you know, your philosophy on uh, the best way to, and, you know, incorporate parents in the program, you could say deal with them, uh, which is used quite a bit, but I'd love to just hear your advice on, you know, you've had uh, over a decade it's worth of, of head coaching experience. So what, what, what has been your best advice and, and how you are, are currently going about, uh, you know, quote unquote, dealing with parents? Yeah, it's, this is year 19 as a head coach for me. So oh, it, it's two decades. It, look, it, at, look at you, but it's, but it's not getting any easier. <laughs> it's, it's always going to, you know, present, uh, present its challenges and everything. And, um, I, you know, I guess the, my biggest piece of advice, um, on, on how to handle parents early is, is really to set the guidelines, you know, set, set your guidelines at your parent meeting, um, in the preseason. And, and, and what I tell them is, is look, we're, we're, um, you know, we're, we're, we're not going to talk about, uh, three things. We're not going to talk about playing time. 
We're not going to talk about coaching decisions and we're not going to talk about other kids. So what we can talk about is what, you know, what, uh, you know, what, what your son needs to, needs to do to, you know, to give them a chance of, of, of being on the field more or, or, you know, what they can work on, which, you know, they should already know that from practice, but, you know, the message doesn't, doesn't always get relayed uh, from, from the kids to the parents. So, mm-hmm. you know, and then, then the other thing I, I really tell hammer them on and tell them is, is that, uh, you know, be, be positive with your, with your kids. Um, it's a, it's an extremely tough game. Um, so, so be positive with them and, and then teach them how to handle adversity. Um, don't, you know, don't, don't always be quick to, uh, to judge, um, you know, as a parent, don't always be quick to judge, you know, that why they're not playing or, or, mm-hmm. or what they're doing wrong or what they could do better. Just, you know, maybe, maybe just take them to take them out to eat, you know, and, sure. and, and get their mind off of it and, and be positive with them. And, and, and I, man, I know I've got two, I've got two boys, yeah, one's in college playing and, and one's a junior. And, and I know how tough it is to, uh, you know, to, to, to go through that. But um, I, I try and communicate I try and over communicate about our practice schedules, our game schedules, um, you know, what's going on, but I also, I also tell the parents, and, and this is something, you know, I, I know every coach is different. This is something that I try and do is, um, you know, I, I, I tell them, look, it's, it's nothing personal, but, um, you know, during the season, you know, and, and unless you're giving me a fist bump after the game, after, after a win, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty much just not going to talk, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I just kind of want to keep my, mm-hmm. keep my distance like that. And, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to focus on, on, you know, what we can do to, to make our kids, make our kids succeed and how we can sure. put them in the best situation. So right. that's my philosophy on that part. No doubt. And, you know, I, I have son, I've got another one coming. I don't know if they'll be, if I'll get to coach them or not, but I'd love to hear, you know, your thoughts on, like you said, you've got, you've got one at NOC and Tonkawa and you've got another that's a junior this year. And you know, how, how has it been? I'm sure that's, it's a really, really fulfilling thing. Like you get to see your kids grow up and be successful young athletes, but I'm, I'm sure that it's, that it comes with its own set of challenges and I'm sure it's hard uh, flipping the switch for them and for you, but how have you navigated that in the best way possible? And give us some advice on, you know, coaches who are, who are going to, who are going to hopefully someday coach their kids or, or who are coaching their kids already. Yeah. First off, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's uh, you know, it, it's, it's special to, to be able to, you know, to go to the field every day and, and coach, coach one of your kids this after next year, I'll have had one of my sons playing for me for seven straight years, which is, which is really cool. That's awesome. Um, you know, there, there's, there's challenging days and, and um, you know, and, and you've got to do your best to, you know, when you leave the field that, you know, when you go to the house that, you know, that, that it's, that, you know, you got to take your, got to take your coaching hat off when you go to the house and put your, put your parent hat on and, 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 you know, be positive with them. And, and, and that, that doesn't always happen. You know, you can, you'll come home and, and we'll talk about practice or we'll talk about the game and talk about different things. And, and I think just, uh, you know, if you did have a rough day at the field or whatever, then you, know, you come home and, and, you know, get, get your mind off that, sit down and watch, you know, watch some basketball on TV or watch something else with them or give them, give them a good meal or whatever. But, um, yeah, like I said, man, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I love it. And I, you know, and, and you have to understand as a, as a coach and a coach's kid, um, and, and I, and I know my, my boys have understood this cause they've been through this so long that they're, they're always going to be judged on a different standard than everybody else is. Um, for, you know, first off for me, I've, I'm, I'm definitely harder on them than I am on other kids, but, but also too, everybody else is always, they're always going to question, you know, Hey, is he, is he on the field? Because, you know, because he's the coach's kid or, you know, is that why he's in the lineup or is that why he's on the mound or whatever? And, um, you know, they, they just, you know, they have to have the confidence to know that, that they're in there because they deserve to be in there. And they also, you know, the coach's kid typically, typically, you know, they're described in a positive way as a coach's kid because they're smart and they're always in the right spot and they're, they're a grinder and all that. That's because they have to be because they, they, they know that they, 
they've got to they've got to work a little bit extra, a little bit harder mm-hmm. than everybody else, you know, because no it's always going to be questioned like that. So, you know, I'm ex- I'm extremely proud of my boys, and like I said, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And anybody that's you know going to be in that situation, you can you can definitely look look forward to it. I love it. I think by the time this one airs, uh, I may have another one. So <laughs> we'll, yeah, you guys are awesome. listening to it. We'll have to check it out. So we'll, we'll see, but, awesome. uh, but I, two questions before you go, Barry, man, I, I can't, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate our friendship and your time and, and the different things that you're sharing with us today, but sure. two before you go, what's the most recent thing that you've changed your mind about and why did you change your mind about it? I guess, um, I had this written down. This, this was a tough one. Cause you know, you, you, I think, I think you, you change your, your thought on some things you know, sure. without really mm-hmm. knowing it, but I, I had written down swing path versus swing thought, you know, um, swing path, you know, I, I, it's, uh, you know, hitting Twitter is crazy, but sure. <laughs> yeah. um, we I, I, I can't even get into that, but you know, swing path is a, there isn't, there is an upper, upward angle and, and, uh, um, you know, it is what it is, but swing thought is something that, um, is different for each hitter. It's different for each individual. Uh, if, if you get on and you listen to Mike Trout talk about his, what he's trying to do with his swing, he's trying to get his hands above the baseball and hit the top half of the baseball and, you know, swing down and hit a line drive back of the pitcher and, you know, if you listen to Josh Donaldson, he's trying to create launch angle. And, um, you know, if you listen to Joey Votto, he's saying that you should be able to hit, you know, hit, hit the ball all over, all over the yard and hit it where it's pitched and control your swing like that. So, I, but I, I think swing thought is different for each hitter. You know, um, some kids are going to have to tell themselves that they've got to swing down on a ball and, 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 and hit a hard ground ball. And, and then by doing that, they're creating a, you know, a line drive angle. Um, that that's probably, you know, uh, a, a positive angle. Um, some kids, some kids, if they tell themselves to swing down on the ball, they're going to beat the ball on the ground. So every, you know, what you've got to learn as a coach is, is what, is what every hitter is, is doing and, 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 you know, how they're, how they're talking to themselves and, and what they think of their own swing. So swing path versus swing thought, I think is, is something that, you know, I've, 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 kind of Mm -hmm. changed a little bit over the years sure perception is always reality yeah and that's why hitting is hard uh all right so last question what's the latest thing you have learned that you think has made you better at your job uh be be positive man Uh, (laughs) just like i said i i think i'm a pretty positive person and and positive as a coach and i I see the upside of of uh of players and what you know, what they can do. And, um, but trying, like I said earlier, I think at the very beginning was trying to just, just make sure your dugout, uh, and your, and your, uh, locker room is a, is a positive place, you know, make, make sure that, uh, make sure that your guys are, are focused on your team and, and, um, and, and, and your players and, and, same positive stuff, you know, when, when it, when it happens and, and, you know, not letting anything, um, you know, go, go unnoticed that's positive. So that's, that's the biggest thing that I'm trying to, that I'm trying to do and trying to get across our, mm-hmm. to our players right now. No doubt. Well, Barry, I, I appreciate your time, man. Again, it's, it's, it's been a long, long time since, since, uh, I've gotten to see you, but I'm, I'm thankful for our, you know, our relationship and, and things like that. And, and also, I wanted, I just, I, for whatever reason, I just thought of this, but I think this would be an awesome opportunity. I know there is an organization that you're very passionate about, uh, and for a personal reason, with type 1 diabetes. Uh, would you care to share, you know, just that story or, or where we can go to help uh, with that and, and maybe the reason that you're passionate? Because, you know, I got to thinking about it. I don't think there's a better way to end the show than that. And if, if you're comfortable with that, I would love to, to be able to Absolutely. help. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, my younger son Mac, he's a uh, he's a type one diabetic. Um, he's seventeen now, but he was diagnosed when he was eight in uh, second grade. Lost about twenty five pounds over over a three week period, and um, so we kind of started looking up symptoms, and we we took him to the doctor, and all of a sudden they told us pack our bags, and we went to Children's Hospital in Dallas for for four days, and we 
you know, underwent a, a life-changing experience that uh, finding out all about diabetes and, and type one and, uh, you know, that it's something that is, it's not, um, there, there's, there's no rhyme or reason why you get it. Um, and, and there's no get, there's no getting rid of type one diabetes. So, um, he's, uh, he has to, he has to watch his carbs and, um, you know, and, and, and check his blood sugar eight to probably eight to 10 times a day on a minimum, um, take, you know, take insulin when he, when he, uh, when he eats and, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm very passionate about, uh, about, you know, getting the, getting the message of type one diabetes out there. And, mm-hmm. uh, every year during our, during our season, we'll have a, uh, a fundraiser night, uh, matched with one of our games for, uh, for JDRF. And that's the juvenile diabetes research foundation. And, uh, any, anybody that's, you know, interested in, uh, in helping, helping to donate to that or, or uh, more research, it's, it's jdrf.org. And, um, you know, just, just to confuse some people, you know, when I, when I got to Rockwall, so JFND is the, is the jacket fight never dies. So that's on everything. So just to confuse people on our first set of uniforms, I put JDRF on there <laughs> to raise, to raise awareness for, uh, you know, for type one diabetes. And I, I, you know, you get all kinds of people asking, Hey, did you guys put the letters in the wrong spot or, you know, what, how, how'd that happen? But, um, but yeah, any, anytime I can get the word out on that, man, it's, um, it's important. And, and Mac is, uh, you know, he, he's, he's one of my heroes, man. He, 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 uh, he's a very good player and he, and he deals with, uh, you know, with, with that, with that life disease every day. Again, Barry, I can't thank you uh, enough again for your time. You brought it today and thanks again for being on the show. Awesome. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for, uh, yeah, thanks for being a friend over the years and, and thanks for having me on, man. Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review wherever you are listening. I also wanted to remind you that you can find the video portion at the AOTC channel on stickandball.tv. Have a great week.